always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Ashley Frasca with you. Green and growing. Good Saturday morning. Thanks for tuning in. So I've popped out to do a special feature about the 86th annual Atlanta Dogwood Festival. But don't worry, I'll be right back in the studio in Midtown Atlanta. But I am out here on a beautiful morning with Executive Director Brian Hill. How many years is this for you? This is my 14th year, and I'm really excited about this year. This year is really special because after COVID, everybody's ready to come out. And these artists, this is probably the biggest collection of artists in one place in the last two years. We have all of our full um, 260 artists back, and they are so excited about being here. I mean, vendors, food, activities, entertainment, as far as the eye can see. And folks have been missing the spring celebration. Correct me if I'm wrong, but last year you all had to move it to the fall, which dogwoods aren't in bloom at that time. But yeah, talk about how it feels to be back to normal. Well, one thing it's uh, different for us is we had to hurry up and, you know, we, we kind of kept going right after August to get into, get this ready for April. But the dogwoods are in bloom. It's beautiful in the park. The feeling is just exuberant. Our team is all back together. The family of the festival is together. Um, it's, it's just an, it's kind of a special year for all of us. And you said you're part of kind of an international festival society type deal. Where does this rank on the national list of festivals? I mean, this is a staple and has been, obviously, for 86 years for the Atlanta community. Yeah, well, we've been rated as high as in the top 10 of the festivals. Um, of the top 100, we've been up in the top 10. And um, it's it's well-known, well-renowned, and the artists compete. There's an awful lot of artists compete from around the country, even as far as, in, as Canada, to be selected in our jury process to be here uh, so it's a very special festival and it's special too. folks can bring their families and folks from out of town come down for this and it's free to the public but there's got to be a revenue stream for you guys in order for you to survive and I know the last two years were hard on you how do you all manage to do that well, the big thing is we are uh, free. We're trying to keep it free. Um, we are asking people that if they enjoy the festival when they come down, or even if they want to go online, we're requesting a minimum $5 donation, but we'll take anything because that's what supports these artists that, that turn up year after year. The high school art exhibition, which reaches over 83 schools and has some phenomenal works inside here at the community center. Um, and, and these bands, we've got over 18 countries represented on our main stage that make up the fabric of Atlanta. So it's, um, we have that, we have the uh, VA, VIP um, party in the park experience where we still have tickets for today and tomorrow. Um, you can go online and buy those. It includes beer and wine tastings and you're right up there by the main stage. And there's a nice restroom trailer for those that do not like Porta Johns, which is always a selling point. And then through the, our beverage sales as well. Um, so come on out, let's have a party together. Let's all be happy we're back and, and buy a lot of beer, um, drink some wine, have some sodas, and uh, let, let's all come out and be part of Atlanta together. And you mentioned there the Atlanta High School's art exhibit, which you just took me through. Fascinating art, great work from some of our brightest high school students. Um, it seemed like you were pretty passionate about that. So encourage folks to, to at least stop by that. And where is that located? Well, that's just as you come in on the 12th Street entrance of the park, um, on the right-hand side in what's called the Community Center. And the work is just phenomenal, and, and it's uh, our program reaches over 83 metro schools. And these kids, we had uh, close to 700 entries to try to get in, and, and that's the best of the best that 
compete. Their teachers select them to um, enter in, and they're judged the same as we have um, our professional artists. And then of that, this is the cream of the crop that gets in from that. So it's exceptional art, and I, I'm just spellbound to think of how young these students are that are doing this and think what bright futures they have. And I'm just really proud that we're able to provide this program to encourage them to continue with their art because their expression is phenomenal. And maybe folks who are new to our great city or have never been, what can they expect to see and enjoy at the park aside from some of the entertainment and aside from the art exhibit? Well, there's, you know, the, the park's in full bloom. Um, there's the, all the favorite foods that you've been missing for a couple of years. Funnel cake. Yeah, exactly. And, and it covers the whole park. So, spend, you know, plan to spend some time here. And we've got such a variety of music on that main stage and the international throughout the day. Um, come down, you can you know, meet your friends down here. There's not going to be in a better place to be, uh, you know, today and tomorrow still. Yesterday was phenomenal. We had great crowds. There's just plenty to do, plenty to see. And uh, it's festival time, folks, and it's springtime in Atlanta. Get off your COVID couches and come on down to the park. Please do. Now, speaking of COVID, though, any special things that festival goers maybe need to be aware of or to not bring with them to the Dogwood Festival? Well, thank heavens, um, you know, that is, is at present with outdoor festivals, it's behind us. Um, I do have to say that you, it's city ordinance, you can't bring your pets with you. Um, and I'm a, I'm a dog owner myself, and um, you, you've got a King Cavalier we talked about. I have Shadow the Great Dane. Oh, oh yeah, they're just fabulous. And but you know, sometimes you got to leave your friends at home, and unfortunately, that's one of those. And that's a city ordinance, but I understand because there's such crowds here that you, you don't want to expose your dog to that potential of getting stepped on or being nervous or whichever. And then the kids are at base level for some dogs, we don't want that either. So, um, come on down, leave them at home, tell them about it when you get home. And again, Brian, so you mentioned the VIP party in the park experience. Uh, folks are more than welcome and encouraged to provide a donation to keep this festival going to make sure it can reach 100 years. Uh, give the website. How do folks do that? Okay, they can go on uh, dogwood.org. And then at each gate, we have uh, QR codes that you can scan with your phone and you can do your Venmo and you can do your online payment, that type of deal. And, you, you know, if you want to bring the cash as, we, as well. And what we're doing this year, we also have a lot of nonprofit groups that are going to be helping us at the gates, and they'll get a percentage of the proceeds as well. When you donate money to the festival, you're not only just donating to keep the festival alive, but you're also helping a lot of other nonprofit organizations to earn valuable funds for them too, because we've all been in the same situation. This is a win-win, folks, for the Atlanta community, for all of you, for entertainment. Let's keep it going beyond 86 years. Brian Hill, the executive director of the Atlanta Dogwood Festival. I hope folks come up and introduce themselves throughout the weekend if you're not too busy. No, we're looking forward to seeing each and every one of you. Don't sit at home. Come on out. Let's get some movement. Let's get some dancing in front of the stage. And we'll see you all here uh, today and tomorrow. We're going to have some sunny weather, but folks, it is a little chilly and gusty as well. So coming up when we come back from our break, an update from meteorologist Christina Edwards and what you can expect and why you'll need to bundle up next. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. And we're back on Green and Growing, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Meteorologist Christina Edwards joins me live in just a moment. But first, let's do this. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Pretty easy things to be doing. 
Number one, be ready to protect tender plants once or twice more, especially those potted trees and shrubs that you haven't quite planted yet. Bring in the things that you can or cover them. Keep an eye on the forecast, and I'll elaborate in just a moment. Number two, enjoy your azaleas bursting open right now. Keep an eye on their cousin, the rhododendrons, as they'll start blooming soon. And Chinese fringe, Laura Pedlum, those are putting out those pink firework-like blooms soon. Number three, Wait until almost the end of the month if you need to direct sow some of your summer veggies. That means planting the seed straight into your garden. So you see the theme here of the top three things to do. Meteorologist Christina Edwards with me live in the studio. And Christina, what is the uh, the hesitancy here for gardeners? Well, it's really reminding ourselves that as much as we're inspired to dig in the garden and get those plants in the ground, the reality is that our final average last date for spring freeze is still in April. So you need to be aware that if you do get a little bit uh, ahead of the game, here, you need to be ready to protect your your plants. So what is the actual last spring freeze, if you will, for Metro Atlanta? Well, usually it's about March 30th. The further north that you go into the North Georgia mountains, it's April 10th. Wow. But our latest on record for Atlanta, city of Atlanta, was April 25th, 1910. And for the Athens area, it was April 21st, 1953. Personally, I've lost quite a few tomatoes and a few rose bushes myself with the April freeze of 2007. So that's always going to stick in the back of my mind. That was about, uh, that was an early Easter weekend. So for now on, I always use tax day, April 15th, as my rule of thumb. Yeah, Easter moves anywhere from March to April, as we've seen. So you're right, April 15th is a hard date. And what did you say folks have uh, said in the past about Mother's Day? So Mother's Day, I've been hearing that a lot on my social medias. And Mother's Day is a great uh, rule of thumb because you can sometimes get a record low down into the 30s for late April and early uh, early May. But quite frankly, that is an outlier. A good average would be April 15th. You know, a little bit colder temperatures than what we would like to see for Masters weekend. And here in Metro Atlanta, it's a little chilly. Is that due to the rain that we had had earlier in the week? It's actually because of a reinforcing blast of cold air coming in from the northwest. So we have a a, a what we call a back end low coming in through the the state of Georgia, and that's reinforcing that bitter cold air that's surging in. A few of us might actually see some flurries way in the North Georgia mountains here in the metro area. It's just going to be cold and breezy. Oh boy. And tell us one more time, since this is kind of an iffy month, the difference between a freeze and a frost. So a frost is when it's sort of like a dew, but it froze, you know, and you can get a frost with temperatures around 37 degrees. A freeze is when you have those temperatures get down to 32 degrees. A hard freeze is down to 28. And a hard freeze is for uh, quite a few hours at 28 degrees. A light freeze would be around 32 for about an hour or two. But depending on what kind of sensitive plants you have, like tomatoes, yeah, tomatoes do not, not like their temperatures to be too chilly. I know that there is a threshold for... You need some cool mornings in order for them to flower and things like that. Uh, but a good rule of thumb with with tomatoes is they don't, they don't like anything below 37 degrees. And just to remind all of you, too, any winter or cold hardy plants that you do have, you'll see after a dip in cold temperatures, they may wilt a little bit like pansies that has happened to them. Water these things ahead of the cold weather. That means they've got water in the soil to kind of take up through the stems and the leaves and they'll bounce back a lot more quickly. But something wilted, I wouldn't overreact. Christina, thank you so much for joining us early and for the insight. Happy to be here. When we come back, more of your calls, 404-872-0750. It's Green and Growing on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Green and Growing on WSB. Been listening for half an hour, so I hope you continue to do so. I'll be here until 9 o'clock until Dave Baker and the Home Fix It show kicks me out. Uh, Wearing my Georgia Bulldog sweatshirt in studio today, national champions, and my master's hat, the masters at Augusta National, really excited. At 7 o'clock coming up here in just a little bit, we will hear live from Bill Cianchio, who is at Augusta National. Not so much from, you know, from the golf players and the standings and things like that. Some of you may care, some of you may not. And every now and then I'll get a Facebook message this isn't about gardening. Why do you have this on? So we won't get too mired into uh, golf, but I would just love to know Bill's observations of Augusta National. I know he's been a number of times, but I mean, the azaleas are popping right now, so that could not have timed out better. The dogwood trees are as well, so happy that we uh, made it down to the Atlanta Dogwood Festival. You're really going to enjoy that this weekend. The Masters, I think the Braves are playing. So there's a lot going on. This is the time of year to be enjoying things. And the end of spring break. So hope many of you had a good time, safe trip, and uh, made some good memories with the family over spring break and welcoming you back into town. Everybody's going to get back into the groove of things on Monday. But we're here for the weekend to help you uh, just relax, kick back a little bit. 404-872-0750 is the number. To be on Green and Growing, I will try my best to help you out. And uh, people will message me every now and then, questions during the week. And I got a good one from Lily. And this is just such a prevalent, common question that a lot of folks find themselves asking. Um, A screening alternative to planting Leland cypress. Um, And I loved that question. And I kind of, myself, am probably going to face the same question. problem, if you will, because mine are starting to die. They're they're browning from the bottom up, but I'm pretty sure they're 20 years old. So we're just keeping up with cutting the dead limbs at the bottom, you know, as we go. And so now they're more like weird pine trees. They're not even filled in at the base. So uh, eventually we're going to have to to figure that out. But um, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Walter Reeves has done a phenomenal job. The Georgia Gardener, of course, hosted this very show for 26 years. Uh, a phenomenal job of almost his website, WalterReeves.com, almost an encyclopedia, I promise, of any plant, any tree, any garden topic you can think of. He has written articles about it, received calls about it over the years. So lo and behold, you go to WalterReeves.com and the upper Right-hand corner of the page, there's the search bar. Search screening, just that one word, screening, that's it. And he has a fantastic article if you want deciduous trees for full sun or evergreens, um, something shaped more like a column. Um, Not bamboo, of course. He does not recommend that as that's just going to go absolutely nuts in the landscape and it's invasive. Um, But some really good suggestions. If it is kind of a Full sun area that Lily had Leland Cypress in, something that's going to stay evergreen. There is a a number of hollies that would work, magnolias that would work, cleara, um, tea olive. Tea olive is going to take a while to get tall, and I don't believe that it'll get as tall as Leland, but that's a good, uh, very fragrant option as well. So always keep in mind that is a resource if you just miss... Um, you know, getting through to us on a Saturday morning. You can go to WalterReeves.com. Another thing that people are starting to think about, although now with it being 
not even 50 degrees yet today. Um, mosquitoes. Oh, my gosh. So I found this cute Facebook post, and I shared it with all of you um, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. And it's a picture of, you know, a fake Facebook post. And it says, can't wait to be out on the back deck and join the, the summer nights on, on the warm patio. And then it has in parentheses, 326 mosquitoes liked your post. I think that's cute because they can't wait for us to be outside. So I thought that that would be a good topic. Controlling mosquitoes, um, organic methods. A lot of you are really, you know, conscientious of the environment and what those uh, companies that have the misters, you know, what impact that may have. So uh, not knocking it, not going one way or the other on that, but just some organic, safe methods. Um, so first of all, you need to really take measures to control mosquitoes naturally. So that may involve making some changes to your landscape. Um, always considering where there's standing water, that's where the larvae are going to be, right? So you want to in- be very intentional about eliminating standing water. So that's going to be anywhere from bottles and cans, empty plastic pots, you know, tarps, clogged drains, anything like that. Um, if you have a pond or a decorative water feature where you actually need to keep standing water, a bird bath or something like that, the easiest solution there to keep the larvae out is a mosquito dunk. That is suitable and safe for birds and fish and other animals, but using mosquito dunks in the water that you need to keep around. But otherwise, doing your best to eliminate standing water in the areas where it doesn't need to be. Um, When you're outside, why not, if you have a patio or a deck and you've got an outside outlet, why not use an oscillating fan? Um, It it may be worth the investment to go to one of the large box stores, Walmart, something like that, and buy um, a pedestal fan, an oscillating fan. That might be suitable. And it doesn't even have to be oscillating. A simple box fan will do the job. And Walter was on the show with me a couple of years ago and had uh, found, I guess on Amazon, these nets that you put... You tape around to the back of a box fan, and the net will trap the mosquitoes as they fly into the fan. I didn't quite understand how that worked, but he really, really swore that that was going to be a new fun thing. Um, And thinking about um, chemicals and and things, repellents we can use on our body, DEET. DEET is a name we all know, D-E-E-T. That's been around for 50 years at least, generally considered safe. All you need to really do is do a light spray. You don't have to slather yourself in it like you would sunscreen or something like that. Um, There's plant oils that come from natural sources like citronella, maybe castor bean plants or something like that that are said to work for some people. Um, And when I was growing up, Avon, everybody selling Avon, that was such a big deal. The Skin So Soft Bug Guard, I remember putting that on. Um, And you know what? This is interesting that I found. They're attracted to dark clothing. I didn't know that. I have sat out on the back deck in a red shirt and had a hummingbird come right up to me because they love the red, but never knew that about mosquitoes, that they're attracted to dark clothing. So perhaps if you're going to be outside for any length of time mowing the lawn or sitting out with company or something, avoiding dark clothing, that's pretty interesting. So just staying organic in the landscape is going to go a long ways. Um, And you don't want to kill the mosquito predators. Think about that. You know, we want some beneficial bugs that are going to be, you know, useful for us in the landscape. So there's some ideas for you. 404-872-0750 is the number to get on to green and growing. So let's go ahead and hop out and talk to Dean calling from Williamson. Hey, Dean, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's going on? Hey, so this is, uh, this is what my dilemma is. 
Um, oh, like I have already uh, planted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I may have planted a little too early, right? Right. And what I've, I've got okra and uh, squash, zucchini, um, cucumbers, um, cantaloupe, carrots, tomatoes. Wow. Milk. So, but I, like it's going to be. I mean, it's not going to be like freezing, but it's going to be damn near. I mean, it's going to be close, right? Yeah, right. So, so it, is it going to be okay? So, right? Williamson, or, you're you're kind of outside of Griffin, right? I am. I'm in Pike County. Okay. Well, thankfully for that, and you're not calling from extreme North Georgia because we are going to have a little bit of a temp- temperature difference. I mean, it could be five to seven, eight degrees difference uh, for you. So you're you're better off there. What I would do, because you've invested all that time and all that money, Dean, is go to a a large nursery and invest in some frost cloth. Because the comparison of what you're going to spend, you know, in frost cloth versus what you stand to lose um, is just going to be completely beneficial for you to do that. So I would do that. And you have to be very thoughtful and very timely about how you're planning, you know, coming in and out and in and out with with all of that. Frost cloth can be left on a little bit longer than, say, if you were to cover something in plastic. Uh, Whenever anybody covers, not necessarily gardens, but you can, but, you know, large ornamental shrubs or something like that in plastic, the thought is you always need to get out there as soon as you can the very next day because that's going to be like a greenhouse effect with the sun beating in through the plastic and just overheating the plant. But frost cloth is going to be a little easier on you, less burdensome to have to remove and act that quickly. I would do that. Um, if the seedlings are still pretty small, if, if you planted some seedlings, maybe keeping a two-liter bottle, uh, you know, empty bottles from Coke or Sprite or whatnot, and actually kind of putting those over it, or even pots using terracotta pots or plastic pots or anything like that that you can turn upside down and one by one kind of cover those as well. Um, You know, as we've heard Christina say, there is still a chance, but I think maybe one at most two more times that we're going to have to be really weather aware as far as that goes. So there's some cheap, easy ideas for you, but overall, I think you're fine. Another thing, a key thing that we need to do this early in the planting season as well is a good layer of mulch. Uh, Mulch is going to be beneficial not only for protecting them, retaining moisture, keeping out the weeds, and so on and so forth. So by the time you make the investment in some frost cloth and some mulch, I think you'll be in the right direction. Dean, thank you so much. And of course, you know to stay tuned right here to 95.5 WSB for all the wacky weather that we get in the spring, whether it's tornado warnings or watches or frosts, freezes, whatever. Christina Edwards has you covered. So thanks for the call. 404-872-0750. Back to your calls when we return. It's green and growing on 95.5 WSB. All right, there's the button. <laughs> there's the button to turn my microphone on. It's it's really big and red. I, I don't know how I almost missed it. Okay, welcome back to Green and Growing. Thanks for the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Christina's complete forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes. 404-872-0750. We'll go back out to calls. So we will go to North Fulton County and say good morning to Kara. Hey, Kara, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, well, my question is, my dad lives out in Oregon, 
And he has a problem with the apple trees. He's got three apple trees, and he thinks that they're, I'm pretty sure he said they're beavers. And he said they just love the bark, and they killed one of them. And he wants to do what he can do to save the other two. He did put up, like, a some kind of fencing around them, uh-huh. but he still says that they're getting in there somehow. They're, I don't know how they get in. They dig under or whatever they do. So what would you suggest that he could do to try and save the two trees that he's got left? My goodness, that's beavers. That's a weird, weird thing. But yeah, um, so that would have been my first suggestion is is coming up with some either like how big around are the trees? Are they still young? Mm, I think they're pretty big. Okay, because I was going to say said it takes them like like weeks to, and they just keep gnawing at it, and they just love that bark. And it takes him weeks and weeks, and he goes out there and he screams at him, <laughs> tries to shoo him away with a broom, but nothing seems to be working. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, because for for people when they do home home orchards, anyways, there's a lot of good publications and diagrams for anybody planting new trees um, from the University of Georgia Extension diagrams with which you can use, you know, PVC piping up and down. Um, and that's obviously before the trunk gets too large, but using that, using netting, using chicken wire, whatever you have to use to protect the tree. But that's interesting. They're just so determined whether they're getting over or under it or something like that. Um, there are repellents for deer. I'm trying to think the name deer scram, maybe. Um, and some of that works to repel other rodents as well, because depending on the chemicals that are in it or the ingredients, Kara, um, dried blood is one of the things that is, uh, it, it's all organic. So it, just the smell and the repellent factor of it may also work for beavers and other things. Um, and mm-hmm. there's different, you know, you buy it by the bucket. There's some that are granular, some that are spray. Obviously, granular is going to stick around a little bit longer. I would go that route. If he's literally done the mechanics and trying to protect the tree and he's just not outsmarting them, that's really one of the only other options um, other than just a, a really aggressive dog or I think well, a cat I, would I'm gonna probably be scared of that. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's called Deer Scram. What yes. did you call it? Yep, Deer Scram is just one of the ones that I can think of. Um, and there are others, but there's also some by other names that all like mm-hmm. Mole Scram. I mean, so I don't know that there's Beaver Scram, okay. but something along those lines yeah. that would be a granular product. They're usually sold in maybe like a six or eight pound bucket or pail. And that's really the only other option I could think. And like I said, uh, those are, you know, organic as well. So if he has pets or anything like that, that he's concerned about, that could be an Uh option. Perfect. I'll let him know. Well, I'm glad you you called. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, I love listening to your show. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. You too, Kara. Thank you so much. And if I think of anything else while I'm racking my brain here, or sometimes I'll get really good messages off the air from folks who have similar issues and they've used XYZ and it's been successful. I'm always like to share those as well. So keep keep listening and stay tuned. All right. So coming up at seven o'clock, Bill Cayantio from our newsroom calls from Augusta National with a master's update. Maybe not so much on the golfer's standings, but um, maybe on what he's seeing. I mean, the Azaleas, I was driving through Bartow County yesterday no joke, almost ran the car off the road. There was this house over to the right, and along their driveway, there was three bright orange, I mean tangerine orange bushes. And I want to think that that was some kind of azalea, but I'm not 100% sure, because uh, just with as quickly as I drove by, it looked like that was the leaves that were that color, um, but it very well could have been the the blooms and flowers of an azalea. I think there's like a solar glow or 
sunbow or something azalea that that may be similar in color but gosh i wish i could drive by that house again because it was phenomenal so you know on the grounds of augusta national every color azalea every kind of azalea uh planted along the golf course so we'll get an update from bill cayancio and of course pike nursery appropriately enough talking about azaleas at 8 30 you want to buy them you want to install them you want to know how to best maintain them. So Pike Nurseries is going to be along with all of that great information about azaleas. And hey, Mickey Gasway reminded me that there is, uh, there's classes at select Pike stores today. One is about uh, growing your own homegrown produce. So a lot of you starting to think in that mode. It is not too late to start seed. If you want to start seed indoors, yes, we're definitely behind but it's not too late. You're just going to get a later round um, of vegetables to harvest and also start thinking about direct sowing the seed right into the soil. But that is going to require, you know, much more vigilance on your part for one or two more cold snaps. Um, but that's certainly an option as well. So returning to green and growing right here in just a few minutes, 404-872-0750. Hope you're waking up well on this beautiful Saturday morning. Stay tuned to 95.5 WSB. 